Yeah, 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 yeah. You have no idea what's coming. Stop clapping. The world has a data problem. You all know about this, right? Human beings are shit at data. We're bad at it. There's too damn much of it. We just don't know what to do with it. They have to make up new terms. Right? In 2011, this only went to exabyte. We had no term for 1,000 to the seventh. A bunch of scientists had to get together and like, what are we going to call this shit? Data's growing really fast. They made a big mistake. They chose Z, the last letter of the alphabet, for zettabyte. And then they had to make up yottabyte. We're going to have to switch to elvish or some shit for, for the next ones. Or we're just going to stop talking about it. But as humans, we've got a problem. We don't know what to do with all this data. Something in Amsterdam, tonight in Amsterdam, is the perfect evening out for you and whoever you're with. It's happening. And you're not going to find it because it's undiscoverable. Data is undiscoverable, and we have this thing called the web. The web. I think it's funny that we called it a web. The whole idea, the web connects all these. Webs don't connect. Webs are built to ensnare. The only thing a web connects is a spider to its prey. You think going online and looking, oh, what's, what's happening in Amsterdam tonight? I'm going to find out some cool stuff. You're not going to get the right answer. You're going to get ads. You're going to get fake news. You're going to get sponsored results. You are going to get the results that enrich the spider, not the ones that are important to you. The web is fundamentally flawed and fundamentally broken. The discoverability mechanism is what the advertisers want you to see. So what are we going to do to tame all this data? What's good at data? Machines are good at data. They're really good at data. They specialize in data. So for the future, if you want to future-proof your career, you want to future-proof your startup, you want to future-proof your relevance, you're going to have to get good, really good, at five things. First of all, the cloud. See, the cloud is fundamentally different than the web. The cloud gathers data all in the same place. That's what makes it different than the web. In fact, the cloud has killed the web. We no longer have a World Wide Web, do we? When was the last time any of us, and we're the nerdiest people on the planet, when was the last time any of us bought a PC and installed web server software on it? We don't do that anymore. Ten years, we did it every few weeks. We put it in the cloud. That is what's powering the AI. That's what's empowering the machines. All the data is in the same place. And then, of course, there's ML and AI. They're the things that find patterns in the data. They're the things that make data actionable. We're going to talk about that with some specific examples. And then, of course, there's IoT. The machines, the sensors, the cameras, the surveillance equipment that gathers data, puts it where we need it. And then finally, the new user interface. Beyond the screens, beyond web forms, beyond apps, is virtual and augmented reality. And we're going to talk about all these things, because this is it. Dude, that's an epic fucking t-shirt right there. Well done, man. Well done. All right, so let's do this, right? The world is being reduced to data, and there's no better 
description of this than self-driving cars, right? Self-driving cars. If I had said self-driving cars five years ago, you'd have been like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe my children, maybe my grandchildren, maybe. If I had said self-driving cars 10 years ago, you'd have been like, yeah. Fucking <laughs> America legalizes weed. They can't handle it. They're talking about self-driving cars. They're so stoned. Right? This is a relatively new thing. They're driving themselves. Why? What happened? They're driving themselves because the entire process of driving a car has been reduced to data. It's all data, right? The, the shape of the road is data. The edges of the road, data. The rules of the road, data. The middle of the road, data. Obstacles in the road, data. Traffic on the road, data. Of course cars can drive themselves because we've taken the problem of driving and reduced it to a data problem. That's your job now. Problem after problem, field after field will be reduced to data. You either do this or you're at the mercy of the other people who do. And we're doing it field by field. Medicine, it's being reduced to data. The machines are better surgeons. The machines are able to see through the body. The machines don't make any mistakes. The machines don't have 2,300 patients that they have to deal with as people. The machines are perfect. They don't fight with their spouse. They don't get depressed. They don't need sleep. Lawyers. Fucking lawyers, man. The lawyers are gone. Isn't this, I, I want to just give you a little good news there, just kind of throw that out to you. If you're a lawyer, you're fucked. <laughs> There's nothing for you in this future. Your whole discipline is data, right? The laws, the books, the legislation, the case precedent. It's all data. You better start being on the teams that programs your replacement so that you can have a future. And if you don't, the rest of us, we don't really care. I'll have a machine, please. Farming, even spies, right? We are reducing field after field after field to data. And when it's reduced to data, the humans have no further role except consuming what the machines give us. So what is this future going to look like? Because it begins to get a little scary. I'm going to talk about four problems today because it's all I have time for. Four problems. We're going to talk about the data that the, currently the humans are ignoring and that the machines will pick up on and improve our experience. And the first one I want to talk about is television. Because television, we should have never called the first generation of TVs smart TVs. Because they're dumber than shit. I turn them on and there's still nothing to watch. Right, 1,200 channels. You ever do this? You think, oh, I need some downtime. I'm turn on the tube and watch. And after two hours of flipping channels and getting nothing out of it, you give up. But what about the data that underlies that? Why can't my TV figure out something for me to watch? Because right now the data is siloed. Right? Netflix knows what I watched on Netflix. HBO knows what I watch on HBO. The History Channel knows what I watch on the History Channel. And they can only recommend their own shows. But what machine, what machine is perfectly placed to figure this shit out for me? My TV. My TV can watch me watch TV, right? 
It knows the shows I watch. It knows the shows I watch twice. It knows the shows I stored on my DVR. It knows the shows I watch with my son and my daughter. It, he can ambiently listen like a, a Cortana or a Siri or an Alexa and, and realize they're still talking about that episode of Game of Thrones. They really enjoyed that. These are signals. This is data. And the TV is perfectly placed to do this for us. So you sit down and the TV's like, okay, you've watched Game of Thrones on, on HBO and, and you've watched uh, Vikings on History Channel. I'm going to pop on Netflix's uh, Marco Polo because you're going to love it. Because right, that TV has talked to all the other TVs and they've realized these three shows are well-loved by a common audience. Think about the data. Twitter. I wrote a blog post called Twitter is Stupid. And I, I did that only because Twitter is stupid. Right? I mean, I tweet something like this. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to Boston and New York. I, I, I'd love to listen to some live music. And what does Twitter do? Sit around for people to like it and favorite it and retweet it. And there's no value in likes for me. This is a clear intent signal. This man is traveling to Boston and New York looking for live music. And it turns out if Twitter understood their accounts as data, they could do a better job, right? How many Twitter accounts are live music venues in Boston and New York? That's data. I know because I searched for them and found them. There's 2,500 of them. And then Twitter could say, ah, oh, well, this person needs help finding live music. Let's send it to the accounts that will help. And then magic happens. These aren't likes. These aren't favorites. These are replies that say, hey, James, you're looking for live music, and we got that shit. Right? The first one is Hyatt Regency, Boston. And Here's where personalization comes in. Because if my bot, if my Twitter bot really understood me, it would know, don't recommend jazz to James. He doesn't like that shit, right? But you could imagine how the data might be collected. I might left swipe that, you know, so vigorously that my bot's like, oh, shit, okay, James, jazz, we get it, right? The next one is uh, uh, the Boston Symphony, classical music. And I have to admit, ever since we legalized marijuana in Washington, Classical music sounding a lot better. <laughs> but I'm not quite stoned enough yet, so I might left swipe that one with a little less vigor. And then the last one, Cage the Elephant. My favorite band in the world. I've seen them like 10 times. I had no idea they were going to be in Boston at the Orpheum Theater the same time I was going to be there. That's the discoverability problem. Ads won't find it for me. Tweets won't find it for me. The machines looking at the data and looking at the data in the right way, that's your job. Data, the answers that we're looking for, there's so much opportunity out there for your startups. Find the right data and make it actionable with AI, make it actionable with machines. Buy those tickets for me, complete the process. Human being going throughout their life, wouldn't it be something wouldn't it be fucking something if in building all of these machines, in, in making all of these things smarter than we are, because mind you, we are the first generation smart enough to build machines that are more intelligent and more capable than we are. And we're also the first generation that's dumb enough to actually do it. But what if in doing this, 
we were able to live our lives. We were able to stop looking at the screens. We were able to stop worrying about likes and actually find our humanity again. That's never going to happen. Let's keep going. <laughs> what about travel? Because right now, travel's kind of, I don't know, what's the technical word for travel? It's, um, it's fucked up, man. Right? You got to go and you guys go, when are you going? And where are you going? And, and it's, it's awful. Right? I just tweeted that I'm going to Boston and New York. Do you know, what are the airlines doing here? They're waiting for me, aren't they? Like, oh, look, that white guy's going. Oh, we fly that route. Holy shit. Oh, I hope he, I hope he uh, 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 goes to our website. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Or, or, oh, I know, maybe he'll install our app. Oh, that would be amazing. Why are you waiting? These intents are so clear. Our social networks are full of them. And we wait for them to come to our website. And we wait for them to come to install our app. This is why the data is so undiscoverable. The answers are undiscoverable. Data is the new oil, people say. Oil has no value unless you can extract energy from it. Data has no value unless you can extract knowledge from it. Right? I just flew to Athens, Greece. What a messed up route that is from Seattle. Because, see, I didn't know. Right? I go, hey, I want to go from Seattle to Athens. And the website's like, okay, uh, here's, here's, here's 1,300 different flights that might get you there. Why? There's only one or two flights that actual human beings have ever used to get from Seattle to Athens. Show me those. Show me that the, the, the Greek people have figured out you fly to Athens on a Wednesday because there's an extra Turkish air flight through Istanbul that gets you there really fast, but it's only on a Wednesday. My website's like, oh, well, you told me you wanted to go on a Thursday. <laughs> Fuck you. And then there's things. Let's talk about things, right? And, and when I think of things, I think of my hot tub. And I don't know why. I, like, I miss my hot tub. Now, European peoples, chill out for a second, okay? I'm not boiling my children in my tub. <laughs> this is Fahrenheit. It's a thing we do in the U.S. just to mess with the rest of the world, right? We like you to come to our country and be confused. It makes us feel superior. So a couple summers ago, I decided I'm going to put my hot tub on the Internet of Things just to see how hard this is, just to see how available the hardware is. And, and so the idea is reduce the problem to data. And so the first data is, of course, water quality, the sensors. And this sensor, this sensor that's shown here is a $39 sensor. It dangles three sensors in the water, and it, and it computes water hardness, which is calcium, chlorine, which is bromine, and pH, and there's an algorithm to compute alkalinity from, from pH. In four lines of code and $39 spent, all of a sudden my hot tub is collecting all the water quality data that I will ever need. All of a sudden my hot tub is capable of figuring out which chemical lasts the most and costs the least. I could never figure that out. I bought the cheapest. My hot tub started buying the second most expensive because it was actually the best deal. The answers were in the data, right? The data about me and my daughter and my son, who are the primary users, the data about which of us leaves behind more undissolved solids. 
Go on, guess who it is of the three of us. Go on, guess. This appalls my daughter because it's her. She's the dirtiest one in the family. I'm sorry, sweetheart, this is data. But she's the dirtiest because she wears makeup and hair product and lotions, and me and my son don't bother with all that stuff, right? And so, it gets, and so all of a sudden, this data just starts coming out, right? Now, I've got a little mechanism for it to inject it in, and it, you know, I, it noticed that every time I put in chlorine, I took the lid off. So it started opening its lid. It's a little motor on there, $50 motor and injects the chlorine and waits for the chlorine to evaporate and all the organic compounds to escape, and then it closes the lid. Pretty freaking cool, right? I figure out what human's in there with another sensor. This sensor was $17. It goes from the bottom of the hot tub to the top of the hot tub, and when you sit in the hot tub, right, your mass displaces water, and I know somebody's in the hot tub, so I don't close the lid on, stuff, stuff like that, right? I don't inject chlorine when a human's in there. Right, it's pretty cool. And then it noticed that I displace more water than my son, who displaces more water than my daughter. And now, based on that water displacement, I can identify who is in my hot tub, which is pretty handy. Oh, I, did, I, got, a, I, got, a, uh, I got a notification from my hot tub. In fact, I was here in Amsterdam. My hot tub's in Seattle, 4,000 miles away, right? And I get this notification. My hot tub's like, dude, 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 there's, there's 305 pounds of human flesh in me right now. That's what it calls you if I haven't told it your name, right? 305 pounds. I'm thinking, 305 pounds? Who's in my hot tub? Why didn't I install a camera? <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe it's two people. <laughs> yeah, you got it, right? I subtracted my daughter's weight. <laughs> and I got Dylan. Dylan! If it had been 10 pounds lighter, it'd have been Kevin. I'd have been fine with that scenario. I like Kevin. Dylan, not a fan. And I'm like, shit, I'm 4,000 miles away. What can I do? And I realized I have only one feature that could help. I did it. I'm a terrible father. I'm like, fucking close lid, right? And five minutes later, I get a text from my daughter. She's like, daddy, 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 the hot going crazy. And I said, no, sweetheart. You triggered the chastity protection feature of my hot tub. It's amazing what you learn based on data. I couldn't have figured all this stuff out. My hot tub can. The machines are better at us when it comes to data. The answers are in the data. No matter what you want to do, the answers are in the data because you're not the only one who is, have you done this? Have you turned 50 yet? Don't. That shit sucks. I turned 50 and one of my friends is like, oh man, 50 is the new 30. And I'm like, fuck you, man. It's not even close to the new 30. 50 sucks, 30's effortless. And so I started searching, right? I work for Google, I work for Bing, I know how to search and I found the answer. That little needle in that big ass haystack, the fountain of youth is in that data. She found it. He found it, so did I, and here's a promise I can make you. You won't, because the haystack is too big, and the needle is too small, and the data is too undiscoverable. These are the important problems we need to solve with machines 
You're not the only one looking for something to do in Amsterdam tonight. You're not the only one doing it. If the machines were in the city, if the machines were in the bars and the venues and the clubs, you'd know the answer. You're not the only one that wants to travel to Mars. Right? And you will be, because Mars is going to become a virtual world. The beaches of America and, and, and Hawaii and, and Africa and the Middle East and the Mediterranean, they're all going to become smart and they're all going to become virtual worlds that you can visit as a human hologram. So what are they going to be? Algorithms, bots, robots, cyborgs, androids. What are we going to call them? I don't know. But we are going to reduce the entire world to data. People, places, and things. We will be able to enter cyberspace, and cyberspace will be able to enter into the real world because it's all freaking data. This future is coming. Are you going to meet it? Or are you going to wait for someone else to invent it? Make no mistake. This future is much closer than any of you think. My name is James Whitaker. I work for Microsoft. Peace. I did laugh. <laughs>